With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Authors books like Dragon Seed and The Dragon Legacy. He has many websites available as well. Today he is the sovereign of the Dragon Court of the Royal House of Veer. On the Dragon Court website it says... The Imperial and Royal Dragon Court and Order has existed since the very dawn of creation. It was founded by Earth's first rulers and teachers of the path to enlightenment, who are known variously as Inki and Anunnaki, the sons of God, and as Sanat Kumara and the Kumaras, founders of the Great White Brotherhood. Historically, the Dragon Court was situated in Central Asia, Egypt, Sumeria, China, India, and Persia, where ancient dragon priest kings ruled over their beloved subjects, teaching them the dragon mysteries of alchemy and gnosis. The Imperial and Royal Dragon Court is currently under the administration of HRH Prince Nicholas de Vere von Drakenberg with the International Council of Princes. It is situated in Wales and the incorporeal and transnational sovereign duchy of Drakenberg. Our goal is to preserve and demystify the dragon mysteries, reunite those of the dragon blood, and to assist during this crucial shift in the ages with the planetary dissemination of the dragon path. The Imperial and Royal Dragon Court is a closed fraternity of individuals fronted by those who trace their ancestry and affiliations back to the ancient grail and dragon families. We dragon are humanoid, morphologically similar but neurologically and psychologically different. Ultra-terrestrial simply means the capacity for living simultaneously in multiple dimensions of experience. Furthermore, the royal and ambassadorial nature of the title of the Prince of Drakenberg is recognized under the official observations of the Department of Internal Affairs of the Government of its State of Origin within the European Union. Documents pertaining to its sovereign status are held in government archives. The Chancellor of this Imperial and Royal Court of the Dragon Sovereignty, Sir Lawrence Gardner, is also an internationally known sovereign and chivalric genealogist. He has held many prominent positions and titles throughout his life, including Grand Prior of the Celtic Church of the Sacred Kindred of St. Columba, Presidential Attaché to the European Council of Princes, the Jacobite Historiographer Royal by appointment, as well as a Fellow of the Society of Antiquaries of Scotland. As such, he was granted privileged access to royal and religious archives and repositories across Europe. From these royal and suppressed archives, he obtained the information for his book, Bloodline of the Holy Grail, The Hidden Lineage of Jesus Revealed. In it, Gardner presents pedigree charts of Jesus and Mary Magdalene as the ancestors of all the European royal families of the Common Era. He shows in detail how the Merovingians, or Mary's Vine, merged with the French royalty and then married into all of the other European royal families. If there was ever a man who possessed the proper knowledge and skill necessary to tackle such a major undertaking as this, Sir Lawrence Gardner is that man. And in 2000, he and his dragon brother, Prince Nicholas de Vere, collaborated to put out his follow-up book, Genesis of the Grail Kings, the explosive story of genetic cloning in the ancient bloodline of Jesus. In it, they explain that not only can the Jesus bloodline truly be traced back to Adam and Eve, but that the first man and woman were primate-alien hybrids created by the Anunnaki of ancient astronaut theory. 
More modern evidence showing the immense control and power that these ancient dragon bloodlines continue to wield today can be found in the existence of what is called the Trinity of Cities. You see, there are three cities or city-states across this planet that share striking similarities and play a crucial role in the global governmental system we have long been living under. These three specially carved out jurisdictions were set up to exploit covert legal tricks and tactics in order to perpetuate Dragon Bloodline's rule. They are sovereign corporate entities that pay no taxes, have their own laws, their own identities, and are not connected to the nations they appear to be part of. More than 80% of the world's wealth is contained within these three cities. These three cities are Vatican City, the City of London, not Greater London, and Washington, D.C. Most people already know that Vatican City is not part of Rome or Italy, but most do not know that the city of London, that is the square mile within Greater London, is not part of Greater London or England, or that Washington, D.C. is technically not part of the United States, which it controls. The Vatican is the last true remnant of the Roman Empire, and since the city of London and later Washington, D.C. were both founded from Rome and used Roman law, then it can be argued that America, the British Empire, and the Catholic Church are all modern components of a covert Roman Empire and the extension of those ancient dragon bloodlines, and each plays an important role in the controlling of the world's population. Vatican City controls about a third of the world through false religion and by intentionally concealing and obscuring the truth concerning both God and mankind's truly divine nature. The City of London controls the world financially through currency and banking. And Washington, D.C. is the strong arm and controls the world through brute military enforcement and wars. Let's briefly discuss each and their apparent dragon connections. The seed is the Vatican. The word Vatican itself comes from Latin and is a contraction of two words. Vatis meaning prophetic or diviner and can meaning serpent or snake. These two words combined make the prophetic or made divine serpent. And since the Vatican is a place, you may say that Vatican means the place of the prophetic and worship serpent. And an attempt to translate divining serpent into everyday English, it seems to mean a spiritual serpent that is worshipped as God. The importance of the symbol of the dragon to the Catholic Church is unmistakable, as they are found to be prominently displayed in various locations throughout the Vatican, including the museum where the crest of the Vatican, the serpent dragon, or the pagan Babylonian god Marduk is the oldest and central piece of their collection. Images of dragons can be found in other places on the grounds too, like the large one on the Vatican floor, or those that are intricately carved into the wooden panels on Vatican doors. Today, the Catholic Church is the biggest financial power, wealth accumulator, and property owner in existence, possessing more material wealth than any bank, corporation, giant trust, or government anywhere on the globe. The Pope, who is the visible ruler of this colossal global wealth, is one of the richest men on earth, and even though the Pope is said to be the holiest living human and God's representative on earth, the majority have not behaved that way. Most have participated in various wicked and twisted forms of debauchery. Like Pope John XII, who it is said that there was no sexual act or perversion he would not try, he not only consorted with the whores of Rome, but also with young boys and animals. Pope Clement II surrounded himself with little page boys in tunics cut off above their buttocks, allowing the Pope to fondle them from behind from time to time. Others murdered their opponents and resorted to bribery and racketeering. Two consecutive Popes, however, take the title for having the most debauched reigns. 
Pope Innocent VII and Pope Alexander VI. Not only did their fair share of torturing and killing, but also frequented in bribery, simony, and nepotism while making a virtual whorehouse out of the Vatican that resulted in several illegitimate children. Since its inception, the Catholic Church has spent hundreds of years waging crusades and inquisitions, mercilessly murdering and annihilating all opposition and forcing their indoctrination at the tip of a blade, essentially saying, accept our version of God or go meet yours immediately. They hunted down, slaughtered, and systematically eliminated all heretics, pagans, and anyone else they believe may possess any understanding of ancient wisdom and spiritual truth, intentionally driving humanity back into the dark ages in order to essentially reset history as if we've never been advanced before. They only pass their ancient advanced knowledge down through various dragon-controlled secret organizations and attempted to repress publicly any advancement in spiritual or scientific thinking, like Galileo's heretical assertion, which was well known before by many ancient cultures, that the earth revolves around the sun. To ensure the masses' ignorance of the truth, they have stolen, suppressed, and even intentionally destroyed esoteric information and artifacts that they have decided not to keep for themselves. The Vatican's secret archives are estimated to have over 52 miles of shelf space, housing everything from Jerusalem temple artifacts stolen in 70 A.D. by the Romans to Mayan codices that only they kept copies of and had the rest destroyed in bulk by the conquistadors and priests. More modernly, the Vatican is engaged in a whole lot of unsavory acts, including helping organized crime gangs launder vast sums of money and being one of the only places to still offer banking services that Swiss banks can no longer do by law. At the end of World War II, the Vatican even helped smuggle Nazi war criminals out of their countries as part of Odessa, a secret organization for former SS members whose purpose was to establish and facilitate secret escape routes, later known as rat lines, to allow SS members to avoid their capture and prosecution for war crimes. Under the leadership of Pope Pius XII, also known as Hitler's Pope, the Vatican negotiated a concordat with Adolf Hitler, who was born and raised a Roman Catholic and portrayed his Third Reich as a Roman Catholic enterprise as part of the loosely formed Holy Roman Empire. Pope Pius XII, who is accused of forbidding monasteries and convents to shelter Jews and accepting loot stolen from the Nazi victims, wrote a letter to Hitler saying, To the illustrious heir Adolf Hitler, Fuhrer and Chancellor of the German Reich, here at the beginning of our pontificate, we wish to assure you that we remain devoted to the spiritual welfare of the German people entrusted to your leadership. May the prosperity of the German people and their progress in every domain come with God's help to fruition. Many Jesuits became officers in the Nazi SS, and in fact the current Pope, Pope Benedict XVI, was himself a Hitler youth. The second part of the Trinity is the City of London, often called the Square Mile. It's a plot of land approximately one square mile located in the middle of the London metropolis. The city is not a London borough, and it is independent from England. Unbeknownst to almost everybody outside the UK, and even to most British people, it has its own distinctive political representative body, and it is ruled by the City of London Corporation, which is probably the most powerful and self-interested political lobby in the world. The Dragon Bloodline's connection to this endeavor is made blatantly obvious by the City of London's coat of arms that displays a white shield showing the same dragon red cross of St. George and red sword that is found on the City of London's official flag, along with a pair of dragons, each holding opposite sides of the shield. This image is plastered next to the main street names on the signs in the square mile. You see, 
The dragon with the shield is the symbol of the city of London, and statues depicting him can be found in various locations, marking and guarding the boundary of the city of London Corporation's jurisdiction, like the one on a pedestal before you cross London Bridge, and those on either side of the Victoria Embankment, marking the border between the city of London and Westminster. The city-state of London is the banking arm of the Trinity of Cities. It is not only London's main financial district, but rather the world's financial power center, and it is the wealthiest square mile on the planet. It houses the Rothschild-controlled Bank of England, Lloyd's of London, the London Stock Exchange, all British banks, the branch offices of 384 foreign banks, 70 USA banks, Fleet Street's newspaper and publishing monopolies, headquarters for worldwide Freemasonry, and is the headquarters for the worldwide money cartel known as the Crown. It is thought to be the biggest tax haven in the world as it hosts Britain's largest offshore financial center and it is intimately linked to satellite tax havens across most time zones. Needless to say, this is the place where all the global power banking is done. The last city in the Trinity is Washington, D.C., which is located between Virginia and Maryland but is not actually part of any U.S. state. Residents of the district have one non-voting representative in the U.S. Congress. They do not have voting representation in the United States Senate, but D.C. is entitled to three electoral votes for president. In the U.S. House of Representatives, the district is entitled to a delegate who is not allowed to vote on the floor of the House, but can vote on procedural matters and in House committees. Washington, D.C.'s government operates under authority derived from the U.S. federal government, and these dragon dynasties have managed to permeate American politics so thoroughly that the vast majority of successful politicians historically are from these prominent families and are commonly found to be high-ranking members in various influential secret societies and organizations. You see, the USA was founded by the dragon elite for the very reason of executing their plan to control the world. It is this nation which is the hub of its will of influence. Since its discovery, the history of the USA has been the history of ethnic cleansing, imposition of power, slavery, mass exploitation, and the worship of wealth. The U.S. president, generally accepted as the most powerful man in the world, is a slave to his prime allegiance, the Brotherhood and their bloodline agenda. Available evidence proves that running the United States has been a dragon family affair since the very beginning. Did you know that all 44 U.S. presidents have carried European royal bloodlines into office? In fact, every U.S. president except the eighth, Martin Van Buren, are related to one common ancestor. They are all cousins and grandsons of King John Lackland Plantagenet of England, King John of Robin Hood fame, and the signer of the Magna Carta that gave more power to the British Parliament. Thirty-four presidents have been genetic descendants from Charlemagne, the brutal 8th century king of the Franks, who was also George Washington's 31st great-grandfather. Thirty-three descend from Alfred the Great of England, and 19 from King Edward III of England. In fact, until Barack Obama, the presidential candidate with the most British and French royal genes has won every single American election. However, President Obama is very much family, too. His presidential cousins include President George W. Bush and his father, George H. W. Bush, Gerald Ford, Lyndon Johnson, Harry Truman, and James Madison. He is also linked genetically to other prominent figures, such as Vice President Dick Cheney, British Prime Minister Sir Winston Churchill, and the Civil War General Robert E. Lee. If U.S. presidents are democratically elected, as we are told, then what are the odds that we would always choose members of the same royal families of Britain and Europe that we supposedly defeated during the so-called wars of independence to lead us? We, the people, are simply given the illusion of free choice, and regardless of which political party a candidate is affiliated with, the end result stays the same. Republicans push 
to make the rich richer and eventually squeeze out the middle class. And the Democrats push for bigger government involvement. Either way, the elites benefit and gain more and more power and control over the general population. Masonic researchers Christopher Knight and Alan Butler claim our first president and 33rd degree Freemason, George Washington himself, was a member of what they referred to as the Star Family, and that he also helped with the occult symbolism that appears in the layout of the city that was named after him. He is shown depicted in a statue from 1840 by Horatio Greenaw, entitled The American Zeus, which is an illustration inspired by the colossal statue of the Nordic war god Zeus, and interestingly, the pose looks extremely similar to that of the devil in his occult tarot card. Also interestingly, the White House is located at the same spot of the inverted pentagram which represents the all-seeing third eye of the devil on his card. Through the Illuminati's thorough infiltration and manipulation of American politics and their control over Washington, D.C., America has been all too eager to play its part as the strong arm of the empire of the city. We average Americans have unwittingly participated in helping to progress the modern-day Roman Empire's agenda of total global conquest and domination through a long list of atrocities against humanity, including the waging of wars, often intentionally instigated through the use of false flag operations designed to deceive the public by the operations appearing as if they are being carried out by other entities. These false flags are used for various reasons, including as justification for the forceful occupation of various global territories in order to safeguard the interests of U.S. megacorporations and the bloodline's global operations. The earliest documented American atrocities committed by white European bloodlines on behalf of the U.S. government begin with stories of the slaughter of countless Native Americans en route to stealing all of their land and gaining compliance for this through the use of brute force, terror, and useless treaties that the white man had no intention of honoring in the first place. The list of sadistic crimes committed against humanity on behalf of the U.S. government just gets worse from there, as evidenced by the long list of admitted human experimentation, including not just surgical experiments, but the use of pathogens, disease, biological warfare agents and chemicals, radiation and radioactive materials, as well as psychological and other forms of torture on its own people, all without their knowledge or consent. Even today, we are still being constantly and continuously poisoned and intentionally kept sick through the use of things like organophosphate fertilizers and other toxic pesticides in farming, as well as by the addition of various hazardous chemicals to our food supply, like the neurotoxin preservative MSG or monosodium glutamate that attacks your nervous system, or the highly toxic and cancer-causing byproduct of the aluminum manufacturing process and the refining of phosphate rock which was used as rat poison for 40 years called fluoride that is being added to the water supply around the world. They even add harmful chemicals like mercury to the vaccines that are meant to keep us well. Dragon families not only control the pharmaceutical drug racket, including the development, production, and distribution of drugs that cause worse problems and symptoms than those they are meant to treat, but they are also in control of the illicit drug trade that keeps millions of people easy to control and strung out. They work almost as hard to keep us sick as they do trying to keep us ignorant of and suppressing the findings of any scientific experiments or tests appearing to show any really effective treatments for various diseases like cancer. In fact, the last century there have been several medically proven highly effective treatments and even cures for cancer. Most have been highly ridiculed and suppressed because there is no money in curing a disease, only through the need for treatment. Among these methods are things like the use of intravenous vitamin C, hemp oil, oxygen, ozone therapy, and even the control of the body's natural pH balance, all of which help support the body 
whereas all of Western medicine's only available treatments of surgery, chemotherapy, and radiation therapy create more toxicity and problems for the immune system and are designed to indiscriminately kill your body's cells and immune system. It is easy to see that we all mean less than nothing to them. Even the war veterans who risk their lives for the elite's agenda get little to no help when they return home as thanks for their participation in the forcing of other countries and their populations into doing whatever the elite deemed necessary at the time. They come home with horrible physical and psychological damage due to what they have been forced to do and all of the different horrific things that they have seen and been made to endure. For this ultimate sacrifice these veterans have made for their country under the guise of fighting for freedom, most cannot get the medical help that they need physically or mentally. Many are starving and even homeless. After spending many, many years at the top as the world's strongest country, the United States are on their way back downhill because the global elite are intentionally running it into the ground. The time of our usefulness has almost passed, but before they leave us totally impoverished and in irreparable, I assure you they will exploit every possible resource we have and leave us with less than nothing. We will soon be too poor to do anything besides what they say. The current dire situation facing the United States, like that of so many other countries around the globe, is no accident, but rather the intentional result of a system that was designed and implemented in antiquity, known to secret society elites and Illuminati families for centuries as the Great Work, to eventually bring about the global establishment of a dragon bloodline-controlled New World Order. But what is the New World Order? As it exists today, the New World Order is a synthesis of modern descendants of these ancient dragon bloodlines. They are the survivors of ancient empires, of super-merchant families, of barbarian kings, of banking families established in the Middle Ages, and of all the royal families of Europe. Their ultimate goal is the creation and total control of one world government, one world currency and bank, one world army, and a microchipped controllable population connected to a central computer to use as slave labor as was our original purpose in remote antiquity. To perpetuate their claim of deserved superiority over the masses, the rulers of the past have explored innumerable ways to achieve their goals, both subtle and violent. But one method has been recognized as being the most effective and has been employed by the ruling aristocracy through governments, businesses, and monarchies throughout the world since prehistory right up to the present day. That is, by keeping the masses in ignorance of their true potential and power, to keep them at a low level of education, preoccupying their minds away from who they truly are from birth, to manipulate them via systematic education program in all areas of their existence, into channeling their lives in pursuit of handing over power to their rulers. If this can be done in a way that the masses have no recourse and believe this condition to be the only way to live, then they will be highly unlikely to challenge the status quo. The only way for the Brotherhood to thrive and prosper is to keep the world's population in ignorance of the amazingly powerful creatures they really are. By convincing people that they are little more than robots, they can use these robots to perpetuate their power base. Today, the basic premise is that the goal of each individual should be to become a minute part in the global machine of consumerism led by Western multinational corporations and banks. Every other consideration is subordinate to the prime motivation of profit. Obviously, those in the positions of influence, politicians, bankers, corporate executives, media moguls, have been, according to their own definition, successful within the system, so have an interest in maintaining the status quo at all costs. This framework shapes every aspect of our life through education, the media, health care, cultural and sporting events, religion, etc. With these framing conditions in place, the system regulates itself. Individuals with attitudes that suit the perpetuation of the system achieve status and influence within it. Those who accept the establishment rules soon find ways to impose those rules. 
Those who are blind to the exploitative realities of consumerism attain positions to promote it. Regardless of how the framework came to be imposed, the truth is that the same attitudes control education, media, governments, and banks, and therefore exert an irrepressible influence over every aspect of our lives, our thoughts, and opinions. This system, like the entire Illuminati structure, is based upon the same ancient hierarchical pyramid principles symbolically illustrated by the pyramid with the all-seeing eye, with the very few elite at the apex as the all-seeing eye and ultimate controllers that dictate to the many at the bottom who, in the largest numbers, are kept in ignorance and have no idea about the true agenda which is being dictated and ministered to them from above. The vast majority of people working to further the elite's aims of the New World Order do so unknowingly. Only the few at the top of the pyramids know the real agenda and what the Brotherhood is trying to achieve. The further you go down the pyramid, the more people are working for the Brotherhood, but the less they know about its real agenda. They are only aware of the individual jobs they do every day. They don't know how their contribution connects with those of other people in other areas of the company, government, organization, or whatever. This is further enforced at each step of the pyramid by the process of compartmentalization, which is the operation of the need-to-know principle. This way, even those upon the same level of the pyramid know very little of their fellow colleagues' business and role within the overall plan. Power always seeks power and will never stop until all power is solely in the hands of the most ambitious. Through the levels of initiation from the bottom to the top, only the most ambitious and ruthless are filtered out to occupy more and more select positions of power and knowledge of the ultimate agenda. This pyramidal structure is mirrored in government, banking, business, secret societies, and every other organization and institution. The smaller pyramids, like the local branch of a bank, fit into bigger and bigger pyramids until eventually you have the pyramid that encompasses all of the banks. It is the same with the transnational corporations, political parties, legal systems, secret societies, organized crime gangs, educational institutions, medical industries, organized religions, media empires, and the military. If you go high enough in the structure, all of them are controlled by the same families who sit atop the biggest pyramids. In the end, there is a global pyramid that includes all the others. At the capstone of this global pyramid, you will find the most elite of the Illuminati, the purest of their bloodlines, who are like a hidden hand pulling the strings from behind the scenes. In this way, they can coordinate through apparently unconnected, even opposing areas of society, the same policies. Only they know every individual link in the chains which have kept us in bondage for millennia, and all roads eventually lead to them. The situation within the hierarchy of the elite is necessarily complex, as the activities are concealed behind a large number of front organizations of varying degrees of secrecy. It is they who design the system, and it is only they who know exactly how it all fits together. The present system has been maintained and progressed throughout the ages by using imbalanced, dragon-ruled secret societies in order to perpetuate their wealth and power, so that today we have a global network of secret societies whose only motivation is to serve the Luciferic consciousness. The root of all these modern elite secret organizations in most world religions can be traced back to the original secret organizations of the ancient elite, which were universally known throughout the ancient world as mystery schools, or the mysteries. The mysteries were the religious assemblies of the ancient elite, whose ceremonies were conducted in secret and whose doctrines were known only to those who obtained the right of knowledge by previous initiation. They were like ancient fraternities that were established in order to pass down esoteric knowledge to only a select few who were deemed worthy. They were widespread among the ancient world, from the civilization of ancient India extending west to those of Mexico and Peru in the Americas, with various locations in between. 
They flourished in Egypt, Rome, Greece, Persia, as well as in Britain, Scandinavia, and Asia Minor. Many of them were well known, so their existence was not a secret. However, the actual knowledge from within the school was fiercely guarded, and initiates were expected to guard the secrets and rights of the fraternities with their lives. Just as in Freemasonry today, the initiates of the ancient mystery schools took sacred oaths, and they vowed that death should seal their lips before revealing any of the secret knowledge. For if they did, the prescribed punishment for the divulging of secrets was immediate death. They all taught about the existence of a supreme creator force, the unity of this God source, and our connection to it. They were taught of the divine nature of man, the immortality of the human soul whose true home is in the spirit world, free of the cage or tomb of the human form, and that there is a future state of existence for mankind where we are capable of amazing things. It is these esoteric truths on which virtually all world religions and secret esoteric organizations are founded and based, some more loosely than others, and many intentionally corrupted and misrepresented. The Indian gymnosophists, ancient Egyptian magicians, Greek philosophers, Celtic druids, American Indian shaman, Australian aboriginal shaman, and oriental magicians have all possessed arcane knowledge pertaining to the true nature of creation. Initiates were often revered as holy men by the laity and were spared the distractions of daily life in order to keep alive the flames of the inherent magic of life. Each of the ancient mysteries held ceremonies of initiation that were all funereal in nature. They were dramatic representations of the violent death and subsequent restoration of life to a distinguished personage that was either the object of esteem as a hero or of devotion as a god. This death and rebirth symbolism is very important spiritually and continues to be utilized by Christianity and Freemasonry today. Armed with vast amounts of wealth and esoteric knowledge, the negative secret society network has flourished as the aristocracy of the world. Power, wealth, and information has been gained and maintained via warfare, exploitation, and especially in the last century through the control of the world's economic systems. In the last century, with the acceleration in technological development, particularly in terms of communication, the elite has sought to realize their ambitions more swiftly with more blatant and definable aims. Today, through a virtually monopolized media, they are attempting to control public opinion and destroy any and all alternatives to their system while making huge amounts of money and slowly gaining more and more power in the process. Still don't believe that this truly evil and monstrous conspiracy actually exists? Well, when confronted with a conspiracy of this magnitude, many say it is impossible, because if there was a huge global conspiracy for world government, someone would have spilled the beans. The fact is that many of the world's most influential leaders, including presidents, popes, secret society members, and Illuminists themselves, have publicly stated and written entire books about what they are doing. President Woodrow Wilson once stated, Some of the biggest men in the United States in the fields of commerce and manufacturing are afraid of somebody. They know that there is a power somewhere so organized, so subtle, so watchful, so interlocked, so complete, so pervasive, that they had better not speak above their breath when they speak in condemnation of it. Former President George H.W. Bush mentioned it on several occasions. In 1988, he was quoted saying, The New World Order is the consolidation of more power and money into tighter, fewer, righter, a leader, wider hands. Then in a speech on September 11, 1990, he stated, Out of these troubled times, our objective, a new world order, can emerge. Today, that new world is struggling to be born, a world quite different from the one we have known. And in another of his speeches, he said, What is at stake is more than one small country. It is a big idea, a new world order, to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. The winds of change are with us now. 
In June 1992, Bush further admitted to Sarah McClendon of the Washington White House Press Corps that if the people were to ever find out what we have done, we would be chased down the street and lynched. In a speech by Pope John Paul II, he was quoted saying, By the end of this decade, we will live under the first one-world government that has ever existed in the Society of Nations, a government with absolute authority to decide the basic issues of survival. One-world government is inevitable. David Rockefeller, an American Illuminati banker, head of the Rockefeller Empire, and one of the top 500 wealthiest people on earth, admitted in his memoirs that some even believe we, the Rockefeller family, are part of a secret cabal working against the best interests of the United States, characterizing my family and me as internationalists, and of conspiring with others around the world to build a more integrated global political and economic structure. One world, if you will. If that's the charge, I stand guilty, and I am proud of it. Later, at a U.N. conference in 1994, he confirmed that they are just waiting on the right circumstance to implement in-game, saying, This present window of opportunity, during which a truly peaceful and interdependent world order might be built, will not be open for too long. We are on the verge of a global transformation. All we need is the right major crisis, and the nations will accept the new world order. This information is disturbing enough on its own, but here's where it really starts to get totally sick and twisted. You see, all the available evidence points towards the fact that there is an Illuminati depopulation agenda in place, which is also referred to as the Great Cully. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.